Amen. So good to be in the house of the Lord one more time. Amen. Looking forward, was looking forward to this time. I love being with you. And just to know that we are together on one accord, just allowing God to do what he wants to do in us and through us. It's always a great, great privilege and it's exciting. And so I'm grateful that we can come together one more time and allow God to do what he wants to do. I greet you in the wonderful and matchless name of Jesus Christ. And I, I just want to let you know how much I am grateful and appreciative that you were able to join us tonight and just worship the Lord with us tonight and allow God to speak to your heart tonight. Amen. I welcome all of you to Christ-centered church, the church where Jesus Christ is our central focus. Amen. He is the one that we're focused on. He is the one that we put all our emphasis on. He is the one that's at the center of all of it. And so he is our central focus. And so we welcome you to Christ-centered church. Those of you that are a part of this church, we welcome you and so glad to be together again. Those of you that may not be a part of this church and just looking in or visiting, we welcome you as well. And we thank you for visiting, for tuning in, and um, allowing us the privilege to minister to you and you worshiping with us. Amen. We're going to go before the Lord in prayer as we always do and get our Bible study on its way. And I would like for you to stand wherever you are. We're going to drop. We're going to go before the Lord in prayer. And I'm thinking at the same time, I'm telling you to stand. If you're driving, obviously you can't stand. So those of you that are um, in, in, in route to wherever you need to go to, you can stay seated. The rest of you that are stationary, if you can stand with us, we're going to go before the Lord in prayer. Um, it is so important that we pray before everything, and especially when we begin to seek the Lord for whatever we want. Um, always remember our temple. This temple is is it's it needs to be prepared to be able to receive what God intends for it to receive. And if we are in a carnal mindset, a carnal state. It's very difficult for the Spirit of God and the Word of God to minister to us. So when we pray before we get going, what we're saying is, Lord, we want to be in the best possible position. We want to be prepared in the best way we can be that you can work in us and through us and that your will be done. And so we pray that we can become attentive and sensitive to the Spirit of God understanding to the word of God so it's important that we pray to prepare ourselves but it's also important that we pray for each other and so we will pray and ask God to help us and prepare us for what he has in store for us in the next few minutes we'll also pray for each other for our church family and we want to pray for those that we know again on the front line um, central workers uh, healthcare professionals we want to pray for them. They're, they're constantly putting themselves, I call it, in the lion's den. And um, we want to pray for them that God will take them in the lion's den safely and bring them out safely. Because every day they're risking themselves um, uh, going out to do what they need to do. 
And so we need to blanket them with prayer, plead the blood of Jesus Christ over their life so the will of God can be done. So let's pray together and ask God's blessing. Uh, continue to pray for Brother Chuby. Spoke to him a couple of nights ago. And um, God did a miracle for Brother Chuby. Brother Chuby um, experienced a stroke. And it was supposed to be monumental. It was supposed to cripple him. And he he did not get crippled. Uh, he's still moving around. Not as, not as good as he would like. Not in the best way. But he's still moving around. He's still functioning. But he needs some physical therapy to get back to full strength. So let's pray for Brother Chuby that God will continue to touch him and heal him and um, and that he will receive his strength again and be able to serve the Lord. Amen. Amen. So pray for him. Um, continue to pray for Sister Sylvia, Mama Allen, Mama Thomas, um, all of the names that we've mentioned. Just continue to pray for them. I did get good news. Brother Kellerman, um, his uncle that was in the hospital, we prayed for him and he was able to get released and so we'll keep all of the names that we can remember in prayer so without further ado let's go before the lord in prayer father in the name of jesus we're so grateful thankful oh god and privileged that we can come before your throne tonight lord god with boldness and confidence but in the humblest of way lord god we oh god are so grateful tonight to come together one more time to hear from heaven lord god to be able, Lord God, to hear what the Spirit is saying unto us. To be able to have the Word rightly be divided in our hearts and minds. Tonight, Lord, we will not fail to worship you and praise you and honor you with our lips, with our heart, with our bodies. Lord, we give you honor tonight, for there is none like you. You are our God. Huh. You are our God. Oh, Lord, and we are so, so grateful that you are, Lord Jesus. Uh, oh, Father, thank you tonight, Lord God, for just continuing to pour out of your spirit, Lord God, upon us. And oh, my God, we want for your will to be done in us. We want the kingdom to manifest in us and among us, Lord God. So tonight, Lord Jesus, we're here humbly asking, Lord, that you cleanse us from all unrighteousness, that you wash us, Lord God, by the washing of the word, that we may be clean tonight, that we may be cleansed tonight. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, just as the blood was applied way back in Egypt for the children of Israel to be kept from death, Lord God, and the blood of Jesus Christ was shed over 2,000 years, oh God, that our sins can be cleansed and we can be protected. I just come and ask tonight, Lord God, that that same blood, your precious blood, that was shed for us, Lord God, continue to reign in our lives, oh God, that no destruction will be able to overtake us, Lord, that no death and sickness or disease will be able, Lord God, to overtake us, but that you will continue to keep us, you will continue to protect us and uphold us, and God, if we're sick in our bodies, uh, you took 39 stripes, Lord. We ask uh, in the name of Jesus Christ that healing will begin to flow. Uh, that miraculous healing uh, will take place in our body. Lord, we pray tonight uh, for our dear brother Chuby, Lord, uh, in the name of Jesus Christ, that by your stripe uh, he may be healed even now as we pray uh, that the miraculous power of God uh, will overshadow.
shadow him, Lord God, and his motor skills, oh God, will become as great as you can make it, Lord God, in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, touch it when heal him. Touch his body and his mind and his soul and his spirit, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in him, Lord God. I pray tonight that you will move us by your spirit, that you will impart your word into our heart, and you will give us understanding and clarity of the word of God, that as we receive it, Lord, you will give us the wisdom and the know-how to apply it in our life that we, oh God, can take this word and utilize it, Lord. Take this word and make it become a part of our everyday life. Yes, Lord, we're striving for protection, for perfection. We're striving, oh God, for what you want to do in our heart, in our mind, in our lives. In the name of Jesus Christ, have your way tonight, will you, Lord? Will you speak to us as you please tonight Lord will you help us tonight oh God bless our time of being together bless every home that is represented here tonight Lord God the families that have come together to share and partake in the word of God will you bless them Lord will you move in their lives oh God will you open their understanding Lord to receive more of who you are more clarity more direction more knowledge and understanding. Oh God, we pray that the gifts and the power of the Spirit will operate, oh God, in our Bible study tonight. We want to see change in us, Lord. We want to see change in us, Lord. And only you can do it, Lord. So we pray and ask tonight in the name of Jesus that the power of God will bring about change in us, Lord. And the Word of God will bring about understanding to us and give us Oh God, the direction in which we must go. We love you, Jesus, and we praise you. We thank you. We honor you. And we ask, oh God, that you will hear our prayers, our cry, and Lord, let it be so as we've requested. Let it be so as we have petitioned. In the name, according to your will, in the name of Jesus Christ, can somebody thank the Lord right now? Can somebody clap their hands unto Jesus and appreciate Him and love Him and honor Him? Jesus is worthy of all the praise. Jesus is worthy of all the honor and all of the glory. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that's within me. Bless. His holy name. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Thank you for praying with me. Thank you for standing with me. If you will turn your Bibles, amen, to the book of 1 Corinthians, I would appreciate that. 1 Corinthians, amen, chapter 12. 1 Corinthians, chapter 12. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I appreciate the Lord. I love Him. He is so good to us. So wonderful. So kind. And we thank Him. Glory be to God. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to read verse 1 through 14. Good portion of scriptures that we need to read. 
Amen. But it's always good to read the Word of God and let it just marinate, let it take root. Amen. Hallelujah. We've been in our series. Uh, we started last week a series, amen, that's entitled The Spiritual Gifts in the Church. The Spiritual Gifts in the Church. And so we started that series last week, and we talked a lot last week about the church itself. Okay. And so before we got into the gifts, we wanted to talk about the church so we understand what the church is. Who is the church? Understand that the church is not a building, but the church are the people that's been born again of the water and of the spirit. The church is the body of Christ we talked about. Amen. We said the church was built upon the foundation of the revelation uh, that Jesus Christ is God. Peter said it. Uh, He said that, 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 God was the son of Jesus Christ was the was was Lord in Christ and so we learn that the church is built upon Jesus Christ amen, amen. the revelation of who he is that he is both God and man he's not three but he's one and so while he's man he's still God he didn't stop being God as man so we learn a lot about the church we realize that he's the head of the church when we are born again into the church, we become a part of his body. And so we talked a lot about the church. And so we're going to get into tonight uh, the spiritual gifts now in the church. And so we'll talk about that tonight. And I believe we're going to get help from that. What What is my purpose of talking about the spiritual gifts in the church? Here is what my purpose is, church. I really feel strongly that, and I, I see it already, that we're experiencing revival. We're going to experience revival in a greater dimension. We've started to see some evidence of it, but we're going to experience revival in a greater dimension. And God needs to work through us, his body. And so we must prepare ourselves and let God do what he needs to do in us and through us. But we must prepare ourselves that he can do what he needs to do. Position ourselves that he needs to do what he must do. And so I am teaching on this because I feel strongly that we're going to see some great things that God will do in this last and final hour through his church. And so if you are a part of the church because you have been born again of the water and of the spirit, hold tight. God is getting ready to do something special in you. God is getting ready to do something wonderful and amazing through you. God is going to use you like you could not even imagine. But this is his will, especially for this hour, especially for this end time. God is ready to do some great and miraculous things through you. So as I teach about the spiritual gifts in the church, just hear it from the standpoint of how God can use you to do his will in the earth. How God can use you to to be a blessing to someone else, to help to advance his plan, his kingdom. God can use you that way. God wants to use you that way, but we must be prepared so he can do what he needs to do 
through us. Amen? Amen. So let's begin in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 1. The word of the Lord says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Ye know that ye were Gentiles, carried away unto these dumb idols, even as ye were led. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man, speaking by the Spirit, capital S, Spirit of God, calleth Jesus accursed. And that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. Now, this is powerful because I touched on this just a little bit last week when we talked about the church. And that is, you can't understand that Jesus is God until he gives you that revelation. Right. I can teach it to you, and you may get some understanding of it, but until the Almighty God gives you the revelation that Christ Jesus is God Almighty manifest in flesh, until he gives you that revelation as he did with Peter, as he did with me, as he did with so many of you, you won't really understand who he really is. But just hold on and hang in there. If you have not yet received that revelation clearly, you're getting ready to receive it. I believe God is going to reveal to you exactly who he is. As a matter of fact, I'll take it a step further. A lot of times we don't want to really hear this because we're so selfish in what we uh, pursue from God. We don't realize that God is after a couple of things mainly in our lives. He is trying to get us to know him in a, in a, in a more uh, intimate way. That's the word. And so he's always after getting us to know him in a more intimate way. So sometimes we go through circumstances, we go through trials, we go through situations, but it's so we can know God in a way that we did not know him before. And also, too, we go through things because it's going to help prepare and equip us for God to use us. Amen. A lot of times we just want to think selfishly and trust me, God loves you and he's going to do things for you and bless you. But put your mind on, put it in this place where you understand when you're going through something, when, when, when you're challenged with something and God is allowing it, he's allowing it because he wants you to know him in a way you did not know him before. He wants you to know him in an intimate way and he's equipping and preparing you to do things that you did not do before. So just hang on and hold tight as you go through your circumstance. And so that's why he says, and that no Understand that no man can say that Jesus is Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. Now, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. I want you to look at that word in verse 4. Same, S-A-M-E. So, there, it's pointing out, same Spirit. And there are differences of administration, but... The same Lord, okay? Same Spirit, same Lord, which is the same person. Verse 6, and there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit, it didn't say Spirit, Spirit, one Spirit, 
capital S, who is the Holy Ghost, is given to every man to profit with all. So God has given every person that becomes a part of the church, that becomes a part of his body. God will, at some point in time, whether you have it now or it's coming later, God will, at some point in time, the, just, just give you the gift of His Spirit so He can dwell in you. Verse number 8, For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. So here we go. It's talking about the gifts now. And I'll read that again. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom to another, the word of knowledge by the same spirit to another, faith by the same spirit. See that word by the same spirit? To another, the gifts of healing by the same spirit to another, the working of miracles to another, prophecy to another, discerning of spirits to another, diverse kinds of tongues to another, the interpretation of tongues. So it's telling you that God will determine how he works his gifts through us. I like to say it that way and not that it sound like if God is working in your life or my life uh, using the gift of the interpretation of tongues, I don't want you or me to go around and say, oh yeah, I have, I have the gift of interpretation of tongues. No, God will use the gift in our life as he chooses. But we don't own anything. He owns it. I understand sometimes it's just the way we talk, and so I get it. But we have to realize that the gifts of the Spirit, we don't own them. The gifts of the Spirit are just that. They are gifts of the Holy Ghost. And so they work in our lives as God desires, as God pleases, but they're not ours. We don't own them. Because surely if we own them and we can make it work anytime we want, my goodness, I don't know what we would do. Some of us would start selling. Come to my house. Let me lay hands and heal and drop some money in the, in the plate over there. We'll start selling the gifts if we, if we really own it. Because if you own it, it means you can activate it whenever you want. <laughs> it means you can make it work whenever you want if you own it. But because we know we don't own the gifts, we realize that it's God working in us as, as he desires that we understand that he will work when he wants. Verse 11 says, But all these work it, that one and the selfsame spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. For as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. Christ is one. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. Come on. So when we receive that great gift of the Holy Ghost, guess what? We're all part of the body. Amen? Whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. So we need to understand that verse 14, the final verse, for the body is not one member, but many. So our body is one, but it has many members. 
and so is the body of Christ. It is one, but it has many members. And so we have to look at it like that. And so let's dig into this a little bit and talk some more about these gifts. Uh, let me share with you so you can understand where we are. Let me talk to you a little bit about Peter so you see where I'm going about these gifts. Peter was an apostle to whom Jesus had given the keys of the kingdom. On the day of Pentecost, Peter was baptized with the Holy Ghost and preached the first sermon in the church. Peter continued to be instrumental in the growth and the expansion of the early church because of his boldness, because of his divine calling, and the specific purpose he had been tasked by the Lord to accomplish. Though he found himself greatly used by God, listen to me, through the working of miracles and at times received visions from the Lord, Peter continued to struggle with stubbornness and ethnic bias. Come on. So we read about Peter preaching the day of Pentecost. We read about Peter, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I to thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. That Peter that we are reading about, God was using him mightily and gifts was flowing through him, but yet and still Peter struggled with stubbornness. Peter struggled with Come ethnic on. bias, yes. and Peter struggled being impulsive. So we have to make sure that we understand something about Peter. We have to make sure. We have to make sure we understand it about Peter. Because Peter, he was able to, to, to be used of God, but still and all, he had some issues he were dealing with. Somebody say, Peter... I understand you. <laughs> we, we need to know we we have some issues that we're dealing with, but it doesn't mean God can't use us. We have some things in our lives that we're supposed to be working out and get right, but yet still God is working in our lives as much as we have some flaws and some faults and some issues and even dealing with sin problems. But God still works in us because God has chosen to work His gifts in his body. Come on. It is reasonable to think Peter would have been cured of his ethnic bias by the outcome of his visit to Cornelius' house in the book of Acts. If you go to Acts chapter 10, verse 1 through 48, some of you know the story and, and, and how Peter had an encounter with Cornelius and the group there. Cornelius was a Gentile, Peter was a Jew, and so for him to go and preach to Gentiles, you would think that he didn't have any more ethnic bias in how he interacted with them. But all that was not the case, as you can see, that Peter's behavior didn't change when you look at how he was at Antioch. Peter had eaten with Gentiles, which was a hopeful sign of recovery from prejudice. But when he saw some Jews arrive from Jerusalem, Peter demonstrated he had not abandoned this error, this sinful behavior, by once again refusing to have anything to do with Gentiles. Hmm. Paul described Peter's behavior as well as that of Barnabas, another apostle, as hypocrisy. Uh -huh. So Peter was kind of being a hypocrite 
As powerful as he was, as much as God was using him, he still had some hypocrisy in him. He still had some biases in him, but God was still working his gifts through Peter's life. We tend to think of those who who fill the positional leadership roles as being spiritually mature and doctrinally sound and accurate. And that is ideal. But because these abilities are gifts, they too, like all other gifts, are freely given. They are not rewards. Come on now. The gifts that God work in our lives, they are free gifts. They are not rewards. They're not things that we earn. So we can't go to think that God has to do this and God has... It's free gift that God gives to everyone. And it doesn't matter what you think about them. You might say, I don't know about her or I don't know about him. Guess what? If God wants to use that person and let his gift flow through that person's life, it's up to God. It doesn't mean that they're real spiritual. It doesn't mean they understand all the word of God like they should. It just means God wants to work His work through their lives. And we can't do anything about it. Because that's what God chooses. Somebody say amen. Amen. This can be seen by looking at events in the lives of the New Testament people like Paul, Barnabas, and Peter. It is possible to be gifted to function in one or more of the spiritual gifts mentioned in Corinthians we just read, or one of the positional gifts mentioned in Ephesians 4 and and 7 through 11, and still be in need of spiritual growth and doctrinal accuracy. Amen. So you can still be used by God powerfully, but still, you still need some growth. You still need to become a little bit more mature in spiritual growth and doctrinal accuracy. Because you are being used by God and His gifts are working through you, it does not mean that you're in a place where you're spiritually uh, uh, mature or, or, or you got the doctrine down pat or, or, or you're, you're at a place spiritually growth. You're, you're, you're strong. It doesn't mean that. It just means God chooses to work His gift through you. Come on, you're preaching now. Uh huh. Why does having a spiritual gift not necessarily mean you are spiritually mature? Because it's a gift. Right. It's a gift. Come on. If we want to go with the natural, Sometimes we get our kids stuff that they're not ready to use. That's the truth. <laughs> so, so it doesn't mean that 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 God is saying you're spiritually mature and you got it together and you know the doctrine. No, no, no. It doesn't mean that. It means that God sees fit to work in your life by allowing the gifts to flow right. in you and right. through you. Right. This is why sometimes you're saying, how come they're not baptized in Jesus' name, but they preach this good? Right. How come they, they, they don't understand that there's one God, but, but they can minister like this? Well, if God sees fit to let the gifts flow through them and work through them, then it doesn't matter if they're born again. It doesn't matter if they have the Holy Ghost. It doesn't matter if God decides I'm going to flow in their life the way I want to, then he's going to flow in their life the way he wants to. It doesn't mean they're saved. It doesn't mean they're spiritually mature. It doesn't mean that they understand the doctrine well. It just means God decided to flow through their life by the spiritual gift. Oh, hallelujah. Mighty God. When many of us were young in the church, we assume 
that people who were used in spiritual gifts were spiritual people. <laughs> that meant to us they were spiritually mature and doctrinally sound. I can think back when I first got to church. Man, everybody had a crown on to me, man. I mean, even the praise singers. I mean, the ladies, when they when they worship God, praise singing, I'm like, wow. I'm just in awe because they, would, they just sound like angelic hosts. Everybody was just saved and powerful to me when I got to church. Everybody was just holy to me. When I saw them, I just thought everybody was just great. Come on, man. But it really probably wasn't like that. But I didn't concern myself with that. I just looked at everybody as being great. But God's gifts was working in them and through them. So it make every one of us look great. No doubt there were many who were, but as we can see with the example of Peter, this is not necessarily the case. The thing that indicates spiritual maturity, listen to me, the thing that indicates Spiritual maturity is not the degree of one's giftedness. Mm-hmm. Oh, the Holy Ghost. Oh, but the presence in one's life of the fruit of the Spirit. So if you want to know if somebody's mature as a Christian, don't look at what God does in them and through them, how God works His gift in their life. Don't look at that. Mm-hmm. Look at how the fruits of the I'm sorry, look at how the fruit of the Spirit manifest in their life. Somebody say amen. amen. So that's what you look at. Don't look at just how God is working in them and, and, and how God was doing great things. Remember, this is always something we all can remember. Remember when 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 Jesus got arrested and Peter was with him. And the soldier grabbed Jesus, and Peter went to just again, just just temperamental self, you know, cut the soldier ear off, mm-hmm. you know, ready to kill the man. And Jesus was like, oh, 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 beep, 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 we can't do that. Relax, dude. We're not a kingdom of violence, man. And Jesus had to get the man's ear, put it back on, and get him all dressed up again. Mm-hmm. So. We gotta realize that God gifts in our life. We, I, I'm, let me talk to me. I gotta realize that no matter how God uses me, it does not mean I'm just great and I've got it all together. It just means God chooses to work through me and use me, but I better look every day and examine myself and see where I can become more spiritually mature, where I can submit myself more to God, where I can love God more, where I can have a spiritual understanding more and the doctrine understand it better. I gotta look every day and check that out. I can't just say, well, God used me mightily yesterday so I know I'm good. And so that's not what God wants from us. God said they're gifts so we don't own them and we can't think because he worked them through us that we are in a good place. Come on. Come on. You're preaching it. And so we know the fruit of the Spirit says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, Peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Let me tell you something to make something clear. Verse 22 says in Galatians 5, But the fruit, singular, singular, the fruit of the Spirit is love. Don't get it twisted. 
All of those things that come after love is not the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love. And when you have love abiding in you, when you have love just reigning in you, when you have love controlling you, what does the Bible say? God is love. So when you have the fruit of the Spirit, which is love in you, God in you, then guess what? Joy will come out. Guess what? Peace will be demonstrated. Guess what? Long-suffering will be demonstrated. Guess what? Gentleness will be seen. Goodness will be seen. Faith will be demonstrated. Meekness, temperance. All those things will begin to flow from your life because you have the fruit of the Spirit, which is love. Somebody say amen. Amen. Mm -hmm. But in spite of the fact that spiritual gifts are no measure of spiritual maturity or doctrinal accuracy, we must desire them, for they are given for edification or exhortation and comfort. I was talking to my good friend today. Those of you who know me know who my good friend is. Well, I got a few, but you know who my real good friend is. And so uh, he just want to serve the Lord. And so, you know, he said something to me about, you know, hey, I, you know, I, I'm just not, I don't care about, you know, any titles or anything like that. I said, that's true, and I know you, and I know that. I said, but but never back down from understanding that if you have a desire to serve the Lord, you don't have to apologize to nobody for that. And if you have an attitude that I want to serve the Lord, and God desires to elevate you and let his gifts flow in your life, don't apologize to anybody for that, because you just want to serve God. Amen. Come on now. Uh, I've seen it where people give people a hard time because people have a passion, a hunger, and a desire to serve God. And the first thing we say, which is so idiotic, they they just trying to be something or they trying to be somebody. No, they're trying to serve God and God will determine what he wants to do in them and through them. So I'm here to tell somebody tonight under the sound of my voice, it's nothing wrong with being passionate. It's nothing wrong with being intense. It's nothing wrong with just saying, I, I want to serve God with everything that's in me. Don't you worry about anybody. You just have a heart to want to serve God. You just have the heart to want to see God's kingdom advance and you don't worry about anything. God will determine what happens in your life. He's the one that raises up and he's the one that brings down. So you don't have to worry about anything. Just have a desire to serve God. Have a passion to serve God. Have a heart to want to see the kingdom of God be in advance. And God will take care of the rest and you don't have to apologize for that. We need a desire for the gifts or gift. Whichever one of the gifts or if God wants more than one of the gifts, to work in your life, you need to desire that. We need to stop for a moment and just pray, God, oh, you have given us gifts because it's for the edification of the body of Christ. You have given us gifts for the advancing of the kingdom of God. And so, Lord, whatever gift, Lord Jesus, that you want to work in me, whatever gift you want to work through me, let it be so, Lord, for all I want to do is please you. All I want to do is serve you. Whatever gift you want to work through me, Lord, let it be so, so I can please you. So you can say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Let it be so, Lord. We all need to pray that prayer. We all need to feel that way. Why is the evidence of the fruit of the Spirit in someone's life a good indication of spiritual maturity? From the beginning 
to the end, the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives is God's gift. Always understand that. It's God's gift. The Greek word commonly translates gift in the New Testament. One word is cherish. Cherish refers to something that is given freely and generously. A gift is something we don't earn, work for, or deserve. It is not a reward for good behavior or diligent study. Some of us think, man, I study so hard, God got to bless me. Okay, so you think that God, God, God got to give you a reward for, for what you think you, you do, huh? And that's not the way it works. This is why the Corinthians, if you read Corinthians, the Bible says the Corinthians came behind in no gift. So all the gifts was operating in the Corinthians church. But yet and still with all the gifts operating in the church at Corinth, guess what? They were still immature. They still didn't understand the doctrine like they need to. They were still committing many immoral acts. But the gifts were flowing. Right. Huh. So don't you be fooled if the gifts are flowing. You got to look at the fruit. What kind of fruit is flowing? Is the fruit of love there? And then you can see all the other things that flow from love flowing from their life. Somebody say, Amen. Amen. God had given them these gifts freely and generously, not as a reward. Another word used in the New Testament translate for gift is dore. Dore. Mm -hmm. This word also means free gift. Come on. It is used only of spiritual and supernatural gifts that are operated by God right. in the lives of believers. Amen. <laughs> this is the word used in Acts 238 mm -hmm. when it says that we will receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. This is the gift that God was talking about. This is the, the understanding. Dore. We do not earn or deserve it. And we must not think repentance and water baptism are works we do to qualify for the gifts of the Holy Ghost. Come on. So, I got to slow down now with that so you don't get confused. When the Lord say repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins... And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. When you do that, you're not doing what we would consider works. That, right. That's not a work that you're doing to earn it. You're just responding by faith right. to do what God commands you to do. Right. And God will give you the gift. Now, here's the, here's the trick to that. Because we know there are people that receive the Holy Ghost right. before being baptized. So we know that it's not because we did the work of repenting and getting baptized why God gave us the gift. We just know that God gives us free gifts as he desired to do. A faith response to the commands of scripture is not works that are earned that will earn you free gifts. So let me say that again. Listen up. A faith response to the commandments of scripture is not works that earn you free gifts. So when you respond in faith and do what you're supposed to do, it's just a faith response. It's not works. 
Yes, it's works literally, but it's a response that you responded by faith. And anytime we respond by faith, there must be some action. There's going to be some work that will go with that because your faith moved you to do something. And so there's works there, but you didn't do that work because you're expecting a reward. You did that work because you're responding to God by faith. Somebody say amen. Amen. When the word works is used in a negative way in the New Testament, it refers to activity done, not from genuine faith, but from a vain attempt to make God favor you with blessings and salvation. So... You don't want to be caught in this situation here where you're doing things for God or you're doing things in responding to the Word of God. You're just doing it just because you're expecting for God to do something in you. Oh God, I'm going to serve you because really in your heart and in your mind, you want to be seen by people. Oh God, I'm going to serve you because you want to be famous and you want accolades. If you are responding to God's word with that kind of mindset, then you're not earning any blessings. You're not earning any salvation because We can't earn anything from God. We do what God says. God is going to do whatever He wants to do. So obeying God by faith does not mean that we earn something. It just means we're doing our part. Somebody say amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Although it is clear that we must be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, this is not a work. We do in order to deserve the gift of the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. And we know that to be true because we have seen many instances where people received the Holy Ghost before they were baptized. Mm -hmm. A couple of instances, when when Peter went to Cornelius' house and he preached the word of God, those people were baptized with the Holy Ghost, then they were baptized in water. The disciples of John in Acts chapter 19, they received the Holy Ghost, then they were baptized. The spiritual gifts in Corinthians are not the only gifts that's mentioned in Scripture, but we have some other gifts mentioned in Romans. But the bottom line is, we don't earn gifts. Gifts are given freely. (laughs) Other terms may be used to identify these gifts in Romans, but they seem to describe the giftedness that motivates, key word there, motivates us in Christian service. Mm -hmm. So in Romans 12 and 6, the Word of God says, Having then gifts, deferring according to the grace that is given to us, with a prophecy, let us prophesy, Mm -hmm. according to the proportion of faith, or ministry. Ministry just means being a servant. <laughs> ministry yeah. just means serving. Or ministry. Let us wait on our ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exalteth on exaltation. He that giveth, you didn't know that there was a gift there given. He that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth, that don't mean rule and control people, it means lead people with diligence. He that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Those are also gifts that God freely works through us. They are abilities given to us by God, Mm -hmm. along with the abilities God gives us the desire to do these things. As Paul explained, it is God who works in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. 
In other words, God gives us the desire and the ability to do what pleases Him. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. These motivational gifts include prophecy, ministry, meaning, serving, as I mentioned, teaching, exhortation, giving, leading, and showing mercy. There is some overlap here with the gifts mentioned in 1 Corinthians, and to a certain degree, all of us should be involved in all these things. Each person has a specific ability upon which to focus, and each ability is a free gift of God. These are not natural talents. Talents and gifts are different. Right. Okay? Talents are natural. Gifts are spiritual. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they are gifts of grace. Even Paul's ability to offer instruction on these gifts was a gift of God's grace. As with other gifts, these are not rewards. These gifts do not reflect the character of the person who received the gifts. They reflect the character of the giver of the gifts. When we see the gift of God operating in any person's life, we should just worship God. Anytime we see the power of God working through somebody, forget about the person because as mentioned, the person could be in a bad place. They could have issues in their life. But when you see these gifts manifesting, when you see people are being used by the power that's inside of them, you just need to stop and give God the praise and give God the honor and say, Lord, it's only by your doing that this person is able to operate as powerfully and as miraculously as they are doing. It's only by your doing. So God we worship you and we honor you. When the word of God is being preached to you and you know it's because God is working through the preacher, you just need to stop and give God the praise. Forget about the preacher. Just go to God and say, Lord, I thank you for what you're doing. Lord, I praise you for how you're working your work through your servant. It is you, Lord God, that is causing these great and powerful and miraculous things to happen. I know it's not us. We know it's you. And so we worship you. We adore you. We celebrate you. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. It's Jesus that we need to give the praise and the honor to when we see the gifts flowing through somebody's life. Come on, clap your hands unto the Lord. Hallelujah! 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 Oh, glory be to God. Another group of gifts is described in Ephesians 4, 7 through 11. You know these scriptures. Although we could identify these gifts with other terms, they may be called the positional gifts because they relate to people who are gifted to fulfill specific roles in the church. Amen. The positional gifts include apostles, Mm -hmm. prophets, Mm -hmm. evangelists, pastors, and teachers. We see that in Ephesians 4, chapter 4, verse 11. In In this case, these gifts are persons God has enabled or equipped, or God has enabled to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, serving and for the edifying, building up, and strengthening of the body of Christ. That's Ephesians 4, 12 through 13. 
These positional gifts are often described as the fivefold ministry. But because of the structure of the Greek text here, some refers to them as the fourfold ministry. <laughs> With the fourth person on the list being both a pastor and teacher. In this case, it does not mean all teachers are pastors, mm -hmm. but that pastors are also teachers. Teachers are not always described as pastors in scriptures, but pastors are also usually and should be able to teach. Somebody say amen. amen. Can't be a pastor, you can't teach. Because you're always going to be instructing people. In life, in life, we can't try to make people do things. That don't usually uh, work. And even if it seems like it's working, it's not really working. You can't just command and demand that people do things. Now, how you're going to get people to really catch on and do things is teach them. Right. And so I believe that if, we're, if we want to see the power of God in people's life take place, we have to teach. This is why I'm teaching what I'm teaching tonight. Because teaching is what brings about change. People are more quick to do things that they're instructed to do when they understand it. But just being upset and just screaming at them and trying to tell them, you better, you better, you better, that don't make them do anything. As a matter of fact, that usually make them rebel. But if they're instructed in the Word of God, the chance of them following and obeying is a greater, greater possibility. So we need to teach. So a pastor must know how to pastor, and he must know, or she must know, how to also teach. Right. The nine spiritual gifts of 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10, are the word of the, are the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, faith, the gift of healing, the working of miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, diverse kind of tongues, and interpretation of tongues. If we did not know about the spiritual condition of the Corinthians, and started reading this letter at this point, we would probably think anyone with these gifts was highly advanced spiritually and biblically literate. But we have seen this is not the case. It is possible to be spiritually gifted, but spiritually undisciplined and biblically illiterate. It is possible. This is because these gifts these are gifts, not rewards, given in recognition of spiritual and biblical achievement. So because God has given these free gifts to us, we must realize that it doesn't mean those who operate in them are, 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 are people who are just mature and they have it all together. No, they may not have it together. They, they may not be mature in Christ, but they're gifts. It's not achievement. They didn't, they didn't study and take a test and pass the test. And so God said, oh, you studied, you take the test, and you did great, so you achieve this gift. So let me give you, that's not what he did. They're not trophies. They tell us nothing about one's character or achievements. They only tell us something about the merciful and generous and gracious God who gives it to them. Somebody say thank you Jesus. Thank you Lord. Thank you. And so I bring this down now and bring it to a close. 
By now, we should be free from the idea that we can be used. We should be free from the idea that we can be used in spiritual gifts only if we have reached some height of spiritual maturity and theological development. Because, let me help you out. There are people that when they hear me talk about teaching a Bible study, they start thinking in their mind, oh, I don't know enough of the Bible to go teach a Bible study. Stop it. Stop it. You know so much more than you think you know that if you will trust God as he uses me to direct you and speak to you, if you will go and do it, you will realize, oh my goodness, wow, I didn't know I knew this much. And you will see God will begin to give you understanding and direction so you can teach others. And it will blow your mind of how much you you know and how much God is revealing to you because you just went and did what God instructed you to do. And so we have to stop staying in the cut or laid back and thinking that I haven't been in church long enough. Mm -hmm. Oh, mm -hmm. somebody listen to me. I'm helping you. Don't you blame your lack of you know, involvement in, I, I'm not in church in long enough. I, 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 I haven't, um, you know, been to these classes. I don't know the Bible as much as that person, that person. I'm telling you tonight, you don't have to have all of that going. If God wants to use you, God will use you. You just have to decide in your heart and your mind you want to be used of God. And then pray and say, God, here I am. I surrender myself to you. Use me as you will. And sometimes you might not hear the voice of God telling you what to do. You know what voice you're going to hear sometimes tell you what to do? Your pastor's voice. That's the voice you will hear. But guess what God is going to tell you? I speak through him. I am using him. It's my gift that's working through him, instructing you. So again, don't look at me. It's who God chooses to work through. He is the one that's working the gift. And so if he wants to speak to you and tell you, go teach a home Bible study. Go on the, on the corner and hand out some, 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 some postcards to people. If he wants to tell you, call some people up and pray for them. If he wants to tell you, send our, our, our links of all of our live stream platform, send it out to all your family and friends and let them know. If he wants to tell you that, he might tell you straight up, but he might just tell me through you. He might tell you through me. You got to know that about God. Amen. So you don't have to be the spiritual giant to do some of the things God is calling you to do. Just get involved and call on the name of the Lord and say, God, I want to be involved and I want to do what you want me to do. Although we certainly want to reach these goals of, of, of developing and being mature and, and, and knowing the doctrine. We want to reach these goals. We must not wait until we have done so to allow the Holy Ghost to work through us right. with spiritual gifts. So while you're in developmental stage, you it doesn't mean you don't do anything until you get to a certain place. You just keep on seeking God and you just keep on making yourself ready to be used of God. And while you're being developed, God will still work through you. God can still work his gift through you. All those gifts that we've read, God can still work through you while you're growing, while you're maturing. God can still work through you. Come on. This is why I'm teaching you this. 
This is why I'm talking about this. Because God wants to use us. But most of the times, the reason why God don't use us is because of what we start telling ourselves. It's how we look at ourselves. Listen to me. Don't look at yourself the way you see. You need to say, God, I'm a mess. I'm messed up, but I know you are not a mess. I know you're great. I know you're miraculous. And how you see me is not the way I see me. God, help me to see me like you see me. And if I never see me like you see me, then work through me anyway because I know that you need to work through me. So God, work through me no matter what. And I will do my very best to live right, to walk right, to talk right, to live right, to be holy, to be righteous, to be prayerful, to be obedient. I'm going to do my best to do that. But whatever you want to do, God, you go ahead and do it. I'll make myself available even though I'm still not where I need to be. I will make myself available. Jesus. Help us, Lord. Glory to God. We need to understand those things. We must not wait until we have done, got mature and developed to allow the Holy Ghost to work through us with spiritual gifts. Amen. Some people give this message to somebody. They might not be uh, in service tonight. But tell somebody this. Don't miss church because you think you're just not in a place where you need to be spiritually. Come on. You're being like people that we talk to that are not saved and not in the church. When we talk to them, what they say? Well, I'm going to come one of these days. I just got to get myself together. So we have people saying that that's not in church. But we also have people that are part of the body that are still kind of saying that. Well, you know, you all are spiritual and you all know God and you all been living for God for a while. And so God is using you all, but he won't use me. So that's why sometimes I just miss church because I don't think it's a big deal. Somebody hear me. You need to tell somebody tonight. Don't let them say that to you. You tell them in their immature, underdeveloped state, God can still use them. God will help them. And while God is working through them, they will get to know God in a way they never knew God. It will build their faith, but they got to make themselves available for God to work through them. It's not about how much they know. It's not about how long they've been in church. It's not about their maturity. It's about them being available to God. Hallelujah. I told you some years ago, God spoke to me, and God don't talk to me all the time, but I can carry He spoke to me so few times that I know the times He spoke to me. And I remember the one time He spoke to me, and He says, I am looking for people that will be available, not people that have ability. You see, People that are available, God is the one that works in their life. Remember that. We've been talking about this tonight. If it's if God is the one that works in our life, why does he need people with ability? He don't need people with ability. If he's the one that works his work, if he's the one that works his gifts through us, why will he need people with ability? He doesn't. He only needs people who will make themselves available. So you need to get to that understanding, that place and realize you don't have to have ability. You don't have to be in church a long time. You don't have to understand the word of God like some people do. Just be available because God will use people who are sincere and available. People who will submit to him. He will use those people because 
But those people will humble themselves and may God use them because they will say, I know it's not me. I know I don't have ability, but look at me. Look what I'm doing. And I know it can't be me because I don't have it. But because I humbled myself and make myself available, God is working through me. And that will build your relationship with God. Stop waiting. Stop waiting to say, I got to grow a little bit more. Stop waiting to say, I need to know a little bit more. Stop waiting to say, I got to know the word pretty good. Stop waiting because God can use you just the way you are right now. Oh, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. My God. So, gifts. Thank you, Lord. So, which gift interests you? Of the gifts that we read tonight. Mm-mm-mm. Which gift interests you? That is the first question in identifying your spiritual gifts or gift. Since it is God who works in you to give you right desires and right abilities, mm-hmm. think about what you desire to do. Come on, the thing you desire to do, listen to me, the thing you desire to do, if it is not born of a proud desire to promote yourself, it is probably what God has gifted you to do. So, if something is in you that you're good at, and you feel like, wow, I want to do this. If it's not coming from a place of pride, that's what God wants to do in your life. So, you don't have to Oh, you know, I'm just waiting on them. Forget that. You need to come talk to me and say, you know what? I feel like this is what God is doing in my life. And all you got to make sure it didn't come from a place of pride. And guess what? As long as God let me know it's okay, I'm going to support you 100%. Say, let's do it, brother. Let's do it, sister. Because that didn't come from a place of pride. So now, let God have his way in your life. So whatever it is that is working in you, you have a desire that you want to do something in the church. If it's not coming from a place of pride or coming from a place of thinking you can do better than somebody else, if it's not coming from that place, then trust God that it's him that's working it. If you read the list of the nine spiritual gifts prayerfully and one prayerfully and, and, and one or more of them seem to be especially interested to you, ask God to show you how you can be used in this giftedness. Ask him to open doors of opportunities. Oh, so you can be used to develop these gifts. You need to say, God, show me how. I can work the gift that you have put in my life. Show me how, you know, I can use, you know, somebody might say, I wanna, I wanna, I want God, I feel like God can use me in the, to, 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 to operate in the gift of prophecy. God can use me there. Maybe. Well, God may open up an opportunity for you that when you're talking to somebody, right. He will use you to tell them something that's ahead. And if you will just be, be, be obedient to God and trust Him and then just say it, just, just say it. Go ahead and say it. Many times, can I tell you a secret so you will trust me on this? Many times, when we're being used by God in the gifts, you don't know that until afterwards. Mm-hmm. You don't know it on the spot. Because we don't know. So while God is working through you on the spot, you don't really know. Once in a while, God will make you aware. But most of the times, the way God works through you, you don't even know. 
He's just working. So trust God to open up doors of opportunities for you if you feel like this is a gift that's working, operating your life so God can use you. The, the other question um, that we need to ask on our way to discovering our spiritual gift is, 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 is simple. It's, a, it's a, another simple question. What are you able to do right now? What are you able to do right now? God gives us not only right desires, but right abilities. If you attempt to be used of God in a gift and there is no good result after a period of time, prayerfully examine the list of gifts and ask God for further direction. Do not give up too quickly because there's a learning process in discovering how the spiritual gifts operate in your life. For instance, those who are gifted as a pastor and teacher may have some early difficulty in their ministry. I don't know any pastor that started pastoring and they had it going good right away. <laughs> Woo! Of all the gifts that's mentioned, well, let's just go with the, uh, the positional gifts the apostles and prophets and evangelists, pastor, teacher, the, the pastor, teacher situation there is probably the greatest challenge because you will probably spend all your life, which the other gifts are um, same thing too, but, but because the, the pastor gift, you're supposed to always be responsible for every day. Always leading God's people every day, caring for God's people. Right. It's something that you can't just hit the ground running on that. Come on now. You just won't. You'll hit the ground and fall. <laughs> You're going to be learning for a long time. So that gift could be in you, but when you start operating in it, you're going to make many mistakes. You're going to have to grow, but that doesn't mean he didn't call you to be that pastor and teacher. Somebody say amen. amen. So we must look at it from that standpoint. There is a learning curve to hearing God's voice. This includes learning how God speaks to us and how he does not. The third and final question as I close is this. What gifts do others see in you? Huh. Woo. I know about that one. So sometimes when you don't want to see it, like in my case, I didn't want to see certain things. So I just turned it off, looked the other way, and just ignore it. But other people would come and confirm it all the time. But I just wasn't going to pay them no mind. I just left it alone. But people will see things in you and let you know. So what, what kind of gift do others see in you? If you have been given specific gifts, or let me say it the other way, if God is working specific gifts, you will not be the only person who knows it. So when God is working a specific gift in your life, you, you might keep it to yourself for a while and not say anything, but sooner or later, somebody's going to walk up to you and say, listen, I see God doing something in your life, and they're going to tell you exactly what they see God doing. Then you're going to say, well, God bless, appreciate it. And then before you know it again, somebody else is going to walk up to you and say, I see God doing something in your life. And you go, oh, thank you so much. And, and, and you'll go from there. But people will see it. 
and we'll be able to share it with you because just, just you can't hide the gift that God has for you to operate in. So somebody will know it and they will say something to you. Mm-hmm. You will not be the only person who knows it. Your gift will be confirmed by the body of Christ. Over time, the church will recognize the validity of the gifts working in your life. That is so true. So even if it's not recognized right away, just just keep being obedient and submitted to God. And sooner or later, somebody, many people will say, that person was truly gifted in blah, blah, blah. That person was truly gifted in blah, blah, blah. Because eventually they will be able to see it because God will work it in you and through you for people to know. So people will recognize it. The final text for tonight as we close in 1 Timothy 4, 14, the Bible says, Neglect not, I love this, Neglect not the gift that is in thee. Huh. Somebody say that with me. Let's read it over again. Let, let's read verse 14 together. In 1 Timothy 4, 14, let's read together. Neglect not the gift that is in thee which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. So neglect not the gift that is in you because God is the one that has placed his gift to operate in your life. So don't neglect it. Hold on to it and keep on working at it. Keep on making yourself be available. God is getting ready to do something great. He's already started. This revival has, has started. And so we just need to just, just get with God and do everything we can to prepare ourselves and God will do the rest. And he will use us, his body, his church, to do a great work in the earth this last and final hour before he returns. Amen. Prepare yourself. Make yourself available because God is ready to do what he has not done yet in this body, in this Amen. church. Amen. So I want you to trust him in this hour. Somebody say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Stand with me as we go before the Lord in prayer as we close out our Bible study tonight. Thank you so very much for sticking with me. I went a little bit more time than normal. Normally our Bible study is an hour, so I'm probably running about an hour and 12 minutes right now. So we're going to close out and we're going to finish up. But thank you for just being patient and sticking with me through this study and we'll continue our our, our series here the 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 the, the gifts of the 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 the, 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 the spiritual gifts in the church so we're going to continue to study that next week we'll pick back up and we'll start to talk about some specific gifts and and how they operate and maybe you'll be able to identify with a specific gift and say oh i've seen that working in my life or i've seen that working in somebody else's life so join us next Thursday again for Bible study as we continue this series. Don't forget, um, this Saturday morning we have our prayer breakfast. And so get your breakfast ready. We're going to pray. We're going to uh, meet on Zoom. You will see the link sent out to you. So we're going to send the link out to you to be the Saturday morning at 8 a.m. for our prayer breakfast. We'll pray from 8 to 9 and then we'll have breakfast. Now, you're going to have breakfast at your house, and I'm going to have breakfast at my house, okay? <laughs> so that's how we'll have breakfast. And then Saturday night at 6.30, our corporate prayer, join us for that. And uh, you have the uh, we will go live stream on that one. 
And then we will, we will be back here Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. Join us. And guess what? This Sunday is special offering. So make sure you tell everybody, come with their offering. They're offering in their hand because this Sunday is special offering. And I'm going to have you to repeat after me. So when I say it, you will say it after me and we will declare it unto the Lord and you will experience great blessings flowing in your life. So come ready for all of what we have planned in store. Church, you know how much I love you. And I can't wait till we get back together. But as for right now, I am just going to trust God and what he's doing and be patient with what God is doing. And I pray you will do the same. Continue to pray for one another. Continue to love each other and love others. Amen. Let's make sure we strengthen each other and keep connecting with one another and keep sharing the word of God with each other. Friends, family, neighbors, relatives, co-workers, and all of that stuff. Let's do it, and let's stick together. Our church is on the move. God is doing some great things, and we thank Him for it. Amen. So let's pray and ask God to bless us and thank Him tonight for what He has done. Father, we love You. We thank You for Your goodness and Your mercy. We thank You for Your Word. Lord, You have spoken to our hearts. You have helped us tonight. And Lord, we're so grateful. We're so thankful. We're thankful for You, for all that You've done, what You continue to do. We're thankful because we're a part of your church. We are your body. We're thankful, Lord God, because you've blessed us with gifts. We didn't earn them. You just just gave them to us freely. But Lord, more than anything else, we're thankful that you reveal yourself to us and we have this great opportunity to draw an eye unto you, to have an intimate relationship with you. Will you continue to help us to draw closer to you? Lord, bind this church, Christ-centered church, Lord God, closer together that we may be unified and be one in one accord and that Lord we will be used for your glory raise up, raise up our young people raise up every individual that will make themselves available to be raised up, raise them up Lord and use them mightily and miraculously I pray that the blessings will continue to flow in our church so we can be a blessing to others we want to be a blessing to others we want to be oh God what you call us to be so continue to pour upon us blessings and use us Lord God for your glory. Lord, we pray that you'll bless and keep us until we come back together again. We give you praise and honor for all these things we pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Let everyone say amen. amen. I love you. God bless you. Have a great night and be safe. Amen. <laughs>